Welcome to my mommy's podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Steady MD, the new and revolutionary way that I work with my primary care doctor. We live in a time when everything can be delivered to your door. Packages from Amazon, your groceries, heck, even massage therapists can come to your house now. So why are we still all going to the doctor and waiting hours to see a doctor when we can have our primary care doctor available via phone and video chat anytime we want? I'm not waiting anymore. See, last year I started working with Steady MD, which is like having an old school country doctor who can visit your house, but instead they're available via text or video chat whenever needed instead. And you're working with a primary care doctor who knows you and your medical history, not some random doctor that you get assigned to through a teledoc service. I use this all the time, especially with their new pediatric add-on, because I can text a picture when one of my kids gets a cut or has a bee sting to see if it needs medical attention without having to go sit in urgent care. I can request labs whenever I want, and I feel like they're truly a partner in my health, and I can be a partner in my health, not just an onlooker. I believe that relationships like this truly are the future of health, and you can learn more or find a doc who meets your needs by going to steadymd.com dot com forward slash w m again that's s t e a d y m d dot com forward slash w m this podcast is brought to you by four sigmatic if you've tried their delicious coffees and elixirs you know just how amazing they are and if you haven't you are missing out four sigmatic creates superfood mushroom drinks that are super easy to incorporate into your daily life Their coffee packets, for instance, are easy to mix into hot or cold liquid. They taste amazing, and they have the benefit of added mushrooms like lion's mane, chaga, and cordyceps to give your brain an extra boost and also to tone down the jitters. So they have slightly less caffeine, but I find double the focus from that versus plain coffee. And just a tip, I like to mix their packets into almond milk for like a cold brew type taste. But there's a lot of science backing up these mushrooms as well. Studies continually show the benefits of these superfood medicinal mushrooms for things like brain health, immune health, and so much more. My favorite is their coffee with lion's mane, and I drink that a lot of mornings for a smooth boost without the jitters of regular coffee. And I also love their reishi in the evening for amazing sleep. During the day, I'll often add in a cup of chaga or cordyceps for the immune and focus benefits. But you can check out all of those and all of their other products by going to foursigmatic.com forward slash wellnessmama, and you can save 15% with the code wellnessmama, all one word. So again, that's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash wellnessmama, and make sure to use the code wellnessmama. Hello, and welcome to the Wellness Mama podcast. I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com, and today's episode is going to be fascinating, especially if you are a mom, um, because we're going to talk all about alignment and foot health. And you guys know that I've been on the kind of like barefoot bandwagon for a very long time, but um, today's expert has a lot of really fascinating research and information about the way that we can properly support our feet. And it turns out maybe barefoot is not always the way to go. I'm here with Gordon Hay, who is the co-founder, inventor, and creative visionary for A-Line Systems. I met him recently at Paleo FX, and um, my husband actually introduced us. He had found him and was fascinated by the system and was like, you have to come see this. Basically, Gordon has over 
20 years of invention, patent, and production experience with these types of technologies. And his new company, A-Line, or not new, but his company, A-Line, has become the provider of ESPN Summer and Winter X Games. And they also have, um, as well as for the world-renowned Education and Sports Training Institute, IMG Academy. Super fascinating technology. Gordon, welcome, and thanks for being here. Katie, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. I think this is going to be fascinating um, because like I said, you kind of opened my mind to a different idea when it comes to how we should actually properly support our foot. And I actually completely agree with you. I think that the two ideas are completely uh, simpatico, but you really brought some new research to the table and I can't wait to delve into it today. But I want to start broad spectrum and then dial down. So when it comes to feet, it's easy, like any part of the body to think of it in isolation. And people think like feet necessarily don't necessarily affect affect the rest of the body. But from your research, I know that you have a lot of info about this. And I'd love if we could start with how does having unfavorable biomechanics or unfavorable alignment in the feet affect the entire body? <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, hopefully the first thing to hit the ground in the morning are your feet and uh, the last thing to leave the ground at night are your feet. They're kind of important. And when you really think about feet, it's a complicated puzzle. There's over 100 moving bones and joints in your feet. And when you move today in all our unnatural terrain, we'll call it a concrete jungle out there, your feet are so important to transition. So it's all about timing and sequence of how your feet actually move. So when you look at feet with over 100 moving bones and joints, they do not have one shape in motion. They change in every nanosecond. So people come to me and say, wow, great, barefoot. I'll just go barefoot. Uh, no. Think about it. A barefoot hitting concrete, hard tile, hard wood, all this uh, disables foot function. It compensates. It's not natural. We evolved for a gazillion years, and then just in a short while, we made a concrete jungle out there. We paved our world over. And uh, there's asphalt, concrete, hard floors everywhere. And it's more the norm. And most people are interfacing that with shoes. And footwear is uh, normally either a pile of marshmallows, of foam today, or certain materials that all of which disable foot function. So we've got a big problem. Yeah, I'm 100% on board with you that because that was the key to me that um, made sense. Because at first, I'll admit, when my husband was like, you have to come meet this insole guy, I was like, I don't do insoles because I am barefoot all the time. And I don't like insoles. And why do we even need shoes? And but when you explain it from the concrete side, that makes perfect sense. Because for the last, you know, thousands and thousands of years, people weren't walking on, like you said, a hard, flat surface all the time. Um, and I don't do those things now. But I know many people do. So like, from my perspective, right now, I'm recording this podcast with you, I'm standing at a stand-up desk and I have a few things that I alternate between. Um, I can't really do a treadmill while I'm talking, but I do like a, what's a seat cushion that's normally like a memory foam seat cushion, but I stand on it. And then I alternate that with like a, a river rock mat that's made out of rock. So like at least the foot's responding to different things. Uh, and then I also have a balance board, but I know most people are wearing or walking on hard surfaces all day. And I know from like the conference we were both at, that's very fatiguing for the feet to, to walk like that. Um, and like you said, this people haven't been living in this concrete jungle for all of history. And I'd love to talk before we move on to what to do about it. Um, like for those with kids, especially, what is an ideal situation when it comes to kids and their feet interacting with the ground? Um, my default is I send my kids outside in the grass barefoot a ton, but I'd love to hear your expertise on this as well. It's a great default. If you can, uh, the grass is a great avenue. Uh, uh, your, your children's feet, they're, they're growing. And when you have a complex 
function of a hundred of moving joints and bones growing, and it's subject to unnatural terrain and unnatural footwear, uh, a lot of kids have that inability to grow well. So it's a real serious question when you really start looking at Tommy or Susie and how you're going to address their footwear and how they're going to play. Uh, barefoot's fantastic for the toddler or the youth. Uh, when they start getting to the point of in that eight to 12-year-old sense of footwear, you want to make sure that they're they're going out the door in an avenue that's a little more favorable. So a lot of kids, it's kind of like I, I look at a, you put a plate of green beans in front of your child and a chocolate cake. They're going to go for the the goody, usually. If they go to the door and they see, you know, the cute little foam clogs or a pair of flip-flop sandals, and they can go put, they don't have to bend over and they put those on, they run out the door, it's ease of access. So these are the junk foods of footwear. You have to be really uh, understanding that, that if you put a pile of marshmallows under uh, your feet or your child's feet, it's going to create compensation. It's instability. So anything really soft to your hand, a lot of people go to a pharmacy and find a, a something, a pile of gel and, oh, it's cushiony. That cushion's good and this and that. Well, think about it. Yeah, I could tell a six-year-old kid, if I put a pile of marshmallows under your feet, are you going to be strong and powerful or are you going to be weak and smeary? So something really soft to your hand can't support your body through motion. And it's kind of like the tale of Goldilocks. Think about, you know, this is too soft. On the other side of the fence, the too hard world. Uh, think about molding a foot or casting a foot or bracing a foot. Well, feet with over 100 moving bones and joints, they don't have one shape. So too hard will actually create compensation as well and interfere with uh, functionality and growth and, and uh, all these things that you, you really w want to introduce in a favorable manner. So Barefoot, fantastic for the toddler, the youth. Grass when you can. Some people live in Alaska, you know, and they have a winter baby and they're 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 in snow. You're gonna think about the the boot you're gonna put on and what they're gonna wear to stay warm and how you're gonna address a footwear wardrobe, not only just for yourself, but for your kids. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And before we move on, I want to make sure we touch on this because I have a feeling we're on the same page on this one. Um, for a lot of the women listening, what is your take on high heels? Because to me, just logically and intuitively, our ancestors weren't wearing those either. So I'm curious what your take is on high heels and where they fall into that. It's funny. Uh, the history of high heels really evolved from, uh, I think it was in Mongolia. It was for men to actually lift their their themselves further out of a stirrup to shoot an arrow over a horse. The uh, evolution of high heels actually has been around for a long time. I love them. I think they are absolutely awesome. But when you really think about from a fashion sense and, and where, when and where you do your high heel thing, I'm actually on a project. Don't tell anyone it's top secret. Uh, I'm on a high heel project right now. And, and you can make actually make high heels that are actually not only comfortable, but actually somewhat healthy, but in a footwear diet. So you think about it. If you walk out the door and you wear a pair of flip-flops all day, and then you go and you have a party on a Friday night and you want to wear your high heel, well, most likely the, the, the shearing, remember the marshmallows, the constant smearing and shearing of your foot in something that's squishy does not transition well to something that's essentially rigid. So a high heel are a rigid athletic footwear sport. They really are. And if you really want to 
feel better in high heels, look better in high heels. It's really a manner of how you manage your footwear diet. So this can evolve a footwear diet for your kids to you, to your fashion, and then your sports. If you're a runner or what you, what you like to do, if you wear something smushy and smeary all, all day that disables your foot function, that actually counteracts all the way up your leg. So you're actually detuning your legs. So if you, you, you walk around smearing all day long, I'll, I'll say, let's just put a motion of putting a cigarette out or squishing a, a, a bug or smearing. That causes a lot of leg rotation, which goes all the way up your leg and interferes with how the balances of the connected to connective tissues that encompass your whole lower extremity of your body. And uh, that you don't want to do. So before high heels, manage your footwear diet. Before your sports, manage your footwear diet. You're growing kids, manage your footwear diet. I think that's a good perspective. And I think it's a perfect time to talk about as well, because um, you have said that foot and lower body maintenance is just as important as dental health maintenance. And I'd love to hear you expound on that, because I actually recently interviewed a, a dental health professional and periodontist who explained how like your oral health impacts your entire body and how it has these far reaching um, consequences. And I'm guessing that there's a similar comparison here. So I'd love to hear more of what you specifically mean by that statement. Sure. Think about it. You, you know, everybody does a really good job at this one. We brush our teeth all every night. We and day in the morning we wake up and after our meals we're pretty darn good. Floss the ones you want to keep. Uh, you know, we we bring that forward to our kids. Then we take them into a professional one, two, three times a year for maintenance and management and troubleshooting and make sure we don't have problems. Why? So. Most likely we can eat an apple when we're 90. Well, think about it. It'd be nice to be able to eat an apple when you're 90, but how would you like to be able to walk a dog instead of walking a cane? Or, you know, maybe even go for a run or a hike. Uh, so you, you, you really think about uh, the dental routine was well done. Your body mechanics, I used to say motion is life. If you're not moving, you're not living. Well, it kind of makes sense, but... I was wrong. Quality motion is life. If you're not moving well, you're not living well, and you're not extending your active lifeline. So really, you want to guard your active lifeline as best as you can, just like you guard your teeth for yourself and your kids. Why? So you can be active longer in life. So, you know, motion is life. you got to move. And uh, your feet are kind of a big part of that. And if your feet can't move well, your legs can't move well, and it all backfires. If your legs can't move well, your feet can't move well. So these are the big puzzles that people really don't know that we're we're diligently working really hard to make it very simple for people to manage good functionality in their daily movement. Yeah, I think that's so important. So, okay, so we've gone through and barefoot is great when it's soft terrain and it's not concrete. Um, and I get that because I've always, like I said, I've always defaulted to barefoot. I'm just more comfortable that way, but I also don't like running on concrete. Uh, and I don't know that running barefoot on concrete is actually a good plan. It tends to give you shin splints when I've tried it. Um, and I know that there's been the whole barefoot minimalist movement, which I'm glad that there are now like shoes that are more minimalist like that. But, um, Again, like you said, it makes sense not to run on concrete with those types of things. So I'm curious, like, can you kind of give us the, the broad range of spectrum, like with that shoe diet and what you should or shouldn't look at um, at different levels and different activities? 
Yeah, sure. All shoes are are orthotics. All shoes change the way you move. All of them do. Uh, yeah, think about it. You know, you wear a high heel, a boot, sandal, Nike, Reebok, Prada, all these designs, you know, every they're, they're beautiful footwear out there. But guess what? They all change the way your bodies move. All of them. Uh, and your bodies compensate quite well. Uh, they really do. But the problem is they compensate at such a momentum that uh, it, it can do irreversible damage to joints and things up the kinetic chain because we have these all these unnatural barriers. Footwear changes the way you move. Unnatural terrains change the way you move. Your foot's kind of like a player piano. It needs to articulate, move, and change gears just to rotate your hips. Standing in your kitchen and rotating to put something in a cupboard. Your your feet need to consistently and continuously transition and not only just shape, but functionality. So in order for all those joints to glide and move well, we need to we need to understand that it's a, it's a fact. We live in an unnatural world, unnatural shoes, unnatural terrain. And it's not just running. Walking, walking on hard surfaces is it's like a frying pan to your face barefoot because your foot is really an elegant, beautiful transitioning uh, mechanism that has over 100 moving bones and joints. And I'll keep saying that because it's really important to know how to let your feet move and move well. Now, you're not going to do it all the time, but think about it as a diet. Now, I, I, I uh, came upon this the hard way. I was a big mountain extreme skier. I was pushing the envelope and jumping 100 foot cliffs with my buddies out in Jackson Hole as a young guy. And uh, we, when you're a 200 pound guy jumping a 100 foot cliff and pulling a 70 mile an hour GS turn and your feet are subject to all these forces that certainly are not natural, uh, we were trying to find means to brace ourselves so that we could stick these landings so that we wouldn't cartwheel and hit rock walls and, and it was a bloody mess. You didn't want that. So we started bracing feet, going back, giving up my age uh, over 30 years. We were bracing our feet and molding our feet, and and it worked. It worked quite well. It stopped foot displacement to the point where uh, uh, we were able to achieve incredible things. Uh, I wound up becoming a pedorthist and working in the medical world and understanding what was state-of-the-art at that time. But it didn't work with what we were doing, rigid athletic footwear. It was really confusing uh, I, when you start really thinking about how to take this massive puzzle of 100 plus moving bones and joints and get functionality in extreme sports. Well, long story really short, it all was so popular. I had a very busy uh, lab and we were helping Olympians win the podiums and do all these incredible things. And it all came tumbling down from two sports, uh, golf and snowboarding. And what those two sports really do that's more beyond what we were doing is putting in rotation at the hip. So I, uh, when we were molding feet, and everybody's heard of orthotics, and you mold or scan your feet and brace feet and get a cast of you or a mold of you. It, it sounds great, but it's not real. Uh, your feet don't have one shape. So we started actually molding bodies in motion with hip rotations and discovering algorithms of where the foot needs to move, when it needs to move there, and why, and realize, wow, you can't, you can't make that. You just can't make it. Uh, uh, timing and sequence of foot motion and transitioning through all variable footwears and terrains. It's just like, wow, 
<laughs> uh, a good while ago, and I was stumped. Uh, that was back around 1999, 2000. Uh, 12 years ago, A-Line came to life, and it really came to life from hard work, hard research, and when and why things need to move, and then how to actually work through variables of all these crazy different shoes and, and what you can work with. So that was the evolution of what we call a foot suspension system. And the foot suspension system is literally just that. It's uh, allowing the foot to have barefoot functionality within footwear. And it's really over 100 dynamic support and suspension structures that assist natural movement patterns as you rotate your hips or your invariable terrain and through variable footwear. That makes perfect sense. Then, okay, so these would be, you're using these with athletes, but are you also using them with people who need rehabilitation of their movement from like injuries or for just like movement in general? Or when are you finding these are the most applicable? Everything's really a, a three-part puzzle. All right. Well, let's go back to eating that apple when you're 90. Wouldn't you like to be able to walk a dog instead of walking a cane? Uh, you really start thinking about, well, here's the facts. Uh, we are now living in a world that's not quite natural. We paved our world over in a blink of humanity just in the last 200 years. And we have we just in the 1970s start, started putting foam under everybody's feet. So we have an unnatural world. So how can we start to kind of solve the puzzle? And it's really a three-part recipe. Alignment's one of them, how you align. And alignment is really, there's all sorts of alignment. If you just stand on a flat surface and you drop plumb bobs from your knees or we use lasers to show your alignment, uh, the alignment is uh, uh, that's static. That's for a mannequin on a flat surface. Now go stand sideways on a hill. That's a new alignment. In order to have alignment of the knee and foot and the hips and everything on a hill, your feet need to change gears. They need to transition. The downhill foot will come inward. The uphill foot will come outward. We always heard of the word pronation. That's kind of like this taboo world of, oh, you pronate too much. No. Pronation is a natural, beautiful function of the foot. You very much so need that to transition well in all sorts of variable trains. So it's when you pronate, when you supinate, and how well you do. And it's the timing and efficiency of that. So one part of the recipe is your alignment. A-line, we went across the nation like Ben and Jerry's, and we fit up well over 100,000 people with lasers and showed them that pretty darn close to 90% of people are pretty far out of alignment. And they're moving two to three million steps a year out of alignment, and that creates compensation, which is unfavorable to the legs. And so you, you think you show that alignment, and then we brought in the foot suspension technology, which basically suspended the foot in a transition sequence. So then the foot can actually move. Uh, that transition sequence allowed alignment to reappear pretty darn awesome for most people, just about everyone. Uh, so just the core technology, you can get that and get it started. But now we have another problem. Who knows? Are you that 80-year-old or are you a 20-year-old or a 40-year-old? Uh, you've got a history of whatever you've been doing for the last 10, 20, 30 years in whatever footwear you've been in, and that puzzle comes with you. So what is that puzzle? If you wore sandals for the last 20 years and and uh, you, you, your feet are smearing all over the place, your, feet, your, your legs are most likely out of tune. Your legs are kind of like a guitar. They just – you play your guitar hard, it gets out of tune. You have to retune it. So the range of motion of your alignment is the puzzle number two. So alignment, range of motion of your alignment. And the third big part of the puzzle is 
that footwear diet I keep referring to. What are you going to wear? Now, I'm not going to take everybody's sandals away. It's crazy. People are going to wear their sandals or your high heels. Gosh, don't want to take away your high heels, but I don't want you to be clunky and awkward in your high heels. I want you to be graceful and elegant. And there's no reason why you can't be. And all the gals know who they are. The ones at the end of the wedding look around who's uh, at that, that at, at the end of that last song on the last dance, who's got their shoes in their hand and who's got their shoes on their feet. Now, this is the puzzle. You want to be that person that can actually have your shoes on your feet comfortably. And all that is is conditioning and training, just like anything. If you're going to be a, a runner or triathlete, you're going to condition and train your body to be able to do that. If you want to wear high heels and wear them well, you need to condition and train your feet and legs to do that. And it's not hard. That makes sense. Okay, so I have some more detailed questions related to specific shoes, but I want to touch on a couple other things first because I get a lot of questions about these and I feel like you're going to have a good take on them. So um, when I wrote about like being barefoot a lot and wanting to be more minimalist in my shoe wear and not have shoes on, um, I got a lot of people pushing back or having questions related to arch support because like, no, we have to have a lot of arch support because then if not, like our foot's going to atrophy and it's going to have all these problems. And -and so-and-so said, I have to have good arch support because I have weird arches or whatever it may be. So I'm curious, um, where do, where does arch support come into this? And is this more of like a modern thing because of the hard ground that we're walking on or do we need arch support? If you say your, your average kid today, it's, it's actually unfortunate when, uh, uh, we do a simple assessment. We have a lot of our practitioners do this. Uh, just taking a simple look at the foot and the leg and how things are moving. Uh, when I say close to 90% of people aren't moving well, that's really out of alignment. Now, let's think about your legs. If your legs are out of tune and out of alignment and driving inward, your leg acts more like a lever arm and levers move boulders. So your foot will lose every time. So if your leg's not moving well, your feet can't move well. Well, the kids today, they're, you know, they're evolving at such a rate in such unfortunate squishy footwear that uh, we're seeing uh, uh, your average 13 year old gets up there on, uh, on, on, on the stand and you can look at their arches or their foot and their alignment. They're standing on, it looks like a flat foot. Well, it's a flexible flat foot and a flexible flat foot is just fine. And they come right back to good functionality, but you want to pay attention to this. Really important is understanding how to manage support. Now, an arch support, everybody thinks arch. Well, your feet, they don't have one arch, and your arch needs to transition. People say, well, I got a flat foot, or I got a high arch, or I got this type of arch. Well, back then, that that, uh, that crazy extreme skier guy, me molding thousands of feet back then, uh, uh, flipping the molds over and realizing something very simple when you started uh, looking at molds from hip rotation point of view, that A, feet don't have one shape, B, the variables between high arch feet and low arch feet weren't that big. It was millimeters, roughly zero to four millimeters in variable from center. We were finding in these these points of interest that were quite programmable. And if you start thinking about, wow, well, if everybody's got the same moving parts um, or like a face, let's think of a scuba dive mask for a face. I can I can design and make a mask for your face because I know relatively where your nose is, where your cheeks are, how how to variable the, the materials for wider faces or 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 a skinny face. Well, it's the same thing with feet. The the A line system was designed 
to enable the variable arches of the foot to transition and to make the variable foot shapes and the arch depths in automatically just put in your shoe and your feet will automatically transition through the suspension system. So over accentuating, taking a material and putting it into a, a high arch foot, you're basically limiting that person's ability to pronate well. Uh, remember, if you, you mold a foot and brace it up, that's fine. Now go stand sideways on a hill. If that downhill foot can't come inward in timing to balance your body just to stand there, nevertheless moving, uh, you, you, you actually create a compensation that is massively unfavorable to your hips. So it's really, really that simple. Arch support's really kind of a broad term like pronation or anti-pronation or arch support. Feet don't have one shape. So there is not one single arch support to focus on. Got it. That makes sense. So that would have seemed like it would apply to, like you, you mentioned in passing, flat feet as well. Because I get a lot of questions from moms who are like, my baby has flat feet and I'm worried. Um, do I need to do something to my baby's feet? And I have no clue. This is not an area I've ever experienced. I have, I guess, like I would say I have arches or higher arches if I had to say one. But um, does the same kind of apply to flat feet that when you're like doing something to specifically address that, you're limiting the motion for the whole foot? Right. So if you, you, you think about, uh, here's the good one. Your kids are going to have, they're growing. The foot's basically entirely flexible. The, the kids are like Gumby. They're made out of rubber, right? They, they just, they grow and they move and things are, are, we evolve that way. And that's, that's good. You want to start focusing on when your child is in that real athletic stage that the boys around age seven, eight, nine, the girls, you know, right in there, that eight, nine, ten. You really want to start looking at that footwear and be very careful of the junk food. Okay, the the sandals and the soft foamy things, and the, you you want to get them in a, more of a footwear that will help that foot just have stability and mobility in timing and sequence when they need it. And there's lots of great sneakers out there. There's lots of great shoes that have a lace and you put it on the kid's foot. Don't let them migrate to the the lazy footwear more than call it uh, a third of their outside time. Try to get two thirds of that, that time when they're on their feet over an hour in good footwear. Let them have their junk food, but don't let them always have it. And the same thing with moms. I mean, how many moms out there, here's one, uh, that think that after they had child number one, two, three, uh, and, and then they, 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 they say, wow, my feet grew. Well, did your feet grow? No. You, your arch lowered, they elongated the displacement at your hip, the, the child stages, and, and your feet didn't grow. They lost a lot of their ability to hold their, their integrity together because of a massive amount of loads and shearing and displacement and also going to sloppy footwear. How many moms are out there that, that go through the stages of uh, pregnancies and they, they go to a sandal? Uh, so you, you got to be really careful during all these times. And there's a lot of, a lot of people like, okay, I have my, I got my 2.2 kids. I got the minivan. I'm done. We are, I'm going to go running. I'm going to lose some excess weight and uh, get back in shape. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've done it. And then they go out and they go for a run. They used to be able to run, but now they all of a sudden their knees hurt or their hips hurt. Or, and they said their feet grow. 
Well, your, your, your foot is shearing. And if the foot is shearing, all that time of foot shearing, the leg is out of tune. So you might, you might have a tight calf. You might have a hip that's not moving well. You might have a weak adductor. There's all these little pieces of the puzzle to solve, and it's not a big deal. So and that's when I bring people back to just real simple view of a footwear diet. And we can, we can get to the, the footwear diet at any point you want to talk about that. Yeah, let's dive into that. But first, like, so basically from what you're saying for all these moms listening, because I know this is a common thing after having kids, your feet seem to change. Is this a fixable thing? Like, can moms get back to the shoes they used to wear before they had kids? Absolutely. You can get back to good functionality. You know, you know, a lot of people go through a phase of time where the foot is uh, displaced to a point where you're just going to have a bigger size or you might have evolved a and bump or a bunion or, you know, displacements and things like that in your feet that you, you just like that weren't there when you're 15. Uh, and these are variables that you just have to accommodate. Uh, and we can talk about, you know, foot shapes and you have to think about you're a very special creature and most likely your left foot is completely different from your right. Most people are asymmetrically different. They really are. So you might have a, a bunion on your right foot, not on your left. So you buy a wide shoe for, to accom- accommodate a bunion, and then your left hip hurts because that left foot is now sliding all over the place. So you can be very careful of your biomechanic puzzles. And there's very simple things you can do to manage those. Okay. So let's talk about that and let's dive in because you've mentioned the footwear diet several times and I want to know more. So what is it and, and how do we adapt to that? All right. So we're going to wear shoes. Face it. The hardest ones are are my my friends uh, that are uh, living in California and Texas and Atlanta, Florida, uh, where it's hot. You know, people tend to migrate to their sandals. And and if you put a pile of marshmallows under your feet, your feet are going to smear. If they smear, that's shearing. Shearing destroys all machines. So if you wear a sandal all day, every day, and your foot is sliding outwardly, you're really making your whole leg double wide and you're popping your hip excessively and lots of rotation going through that leg that's just unfavorable, okay? And that's not a good long-term solution of creating instability and and in a daily routine and, and expect longevity. So it's shearing is one of the biggest enemies, but don't take it away. If it's a hot day, there's a lot of mesh clogs out there, mesh sneakers out there that breathe well. So you want to mix up your footwear diet. So we're going to just remember the S in sandal is for sedentary. If you're in a in a shoe that is sedentary, it's fine. You know, you're hanging out the house, you're going to be on your butt half of the day working uh, at a computer or every now and again at a stand-up desk or whatnot. You can wear a sandal. But if you're going to be really on your feet over an hour, Try not to choose that sandal, okay? And the same goes for heels. A lot of women come to me and say, you don't get it. I wear heels every day at work. I'm like, well, what do you wear after work and before work? So you want to have your handbag, have your heels in your bag, and have your your footwear that's uh, favorable. Uh, I'm the horse's mouth with A-line, but the foot suspension system brings back alignment for nearly – Uh, just about everybody. Uh, uh, So good favorable function of the foot is a great start in a good shoe, like a sneaker, a nice neutral sneaker to commute to work and then put your heel on, do your heel time, get the heel off, 
and go run off to lunch or whatever and get, get your functionality, foot functionality time inside a sneaker or some form of uh, – there's a lot of dress shoes out there that have removable insoles that you can replace with a foot suspension system. But you want to look at the sandal as sedentary. On the other side, your heels, wear them, but it's not an all-day, everyday thing. If you walk around heels all day, every day, your, your calf and your leg compensate so much that you don't get good daily stretching of vital points of your leg. A lot of women wind up with tight calves. Tight calves relay unfavorable range of motion uh, through, the, through the leg. And long term, every time you walk up a flight of stairs or a hill, a tight calf will prematurely lift your heel to a point where it will rapidly force uh, foot sharing. Again, sharing is your biggest enemy. So sandals sedentary, heels in a diet. Uh, most people don't have to wear heels all day, every day. Uh, I don't know how many moms really do, but if you do, great, good for you, but find your functionality time. Look at alignment and footwear, A-line footwear is a PT for the foot, allowing your foot just to have some function moving through whatever shoe you're working with. And then when you get into uh, 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 dress shoes, high-end fashion, it might not be a heel, but uh, women's footwear can get tricky because uh, a lot of them uh, will have a hard sole. Like, uh, let's just pick on a, a hard wooden block heel, a short heel, like on a short boot, like a cowboy boot and that's wood. Well, when you strike laterally, and most women do with the, the hip angles, uh, it's like landing on a hockey blade. So you got to be very careful of those shoes. So if, you, if you're wearing a real hard-soled shoe, even though it might not be a heel, uh, they're really, really abrasive to the heel strike, and that's unfavorable to good timing and sequence of good foot mechanics and leg mechanics. So the footwear diet, I always tell people, go to Nordstrom's, a great place to go where they have so much of a variety of fashion, and look for shoes that have a rubber sole and a removable insole. Is something that appeals to you, your fashion, your taste, and and go with it and get that into your your diet, your wardrobe. I work at the X Games. I help the key athletes at the X Games because that's more of our our proving grounds. And people come to me and say, "Well, what does X Games have to do with me walking a dog or or whatnot?" Performance is the key to health. If you're performing better. You're going to perform longer and be healthier longer biomechanically. So extreme sports of the X Games really tested the, the motions uh, to a level that I can't find any other sport that really drives, uh, you know, an athlete going 30 feet out of a half pipe and landing sideways or backwards and sticking their landing. But that is functionality. It takes foot mechanics to be able to do that. That's just good functionality. But these kids that are pushing the envelope they wear fashion shoes. They wear their skateboard shoes just for walking around all day, every day. Now, a skate shoe is kind of like a sandal. Now, a lot of your kids are going to want to wear a chunk. You know who they are. You can probably go right by the door right now. I know a lot of them are wearing those, those uh, the Converse All-Stars or the the, the the cool skate shoes and whatever the cool fashion is today of the school. And they're great. They're awesome shoes if you outfit them well. But most of the designs were designed for an actual sport, like a skateboard, flat, grippy. So you don't want flat, grippy smacking down in your daily walking. So that's where the A-line can slide in there and be a nice favorable attribute to your kid's 
footwear diet. Uh, uh, and that's really it. Just being understanding of when you're on your feet the most and when you can weave in functionality and range of motion and allowing things to, to move through our unnatural concrete jungle today and extend that active, active lifeline and listen to your body. If things are not feeling good, there's usually a range of motion issue in your leg. And especially you could be a 60 year old that has a 30 year running history and you got, you know, you have IT band issues or shin splints or all these puzzles. It's usually part of that three part recipe, the alignment, the range of motion of your alignment and your footwear diet. That's really helpful to understand kind of, I think it's like anything in life to understand it in perspective of no shoe in and of itself is, should be like completely outlawed or never worn, but finding a way to keep that balance and to make sure that most of the time you're favorably supporting your feet. Um, I'm curious, like, are there specific, so you said like removable insole and like movable sole, so not like really hard. And for my kids, I've always tried to find one that also don't have a huge heel lift. I've noticed this trend in kids shoes, even that they've got like a half inch to an inch heel and it's that cushy, like foamy stuff, but it's like changing the angle of their foot. Is it good to look for, especially in kids, a shoe that's got more of like a natural flat shape that lets their foot move more naturally? Or what do you look for as a good metric in kids for like an athletic shoe? I like to look at the heels of shoes that are not so square. I like them a little more rounded so that when the, the heel comes down, it strikes and rolls. Uh, is again, everything's moving. And a lot of people like to do research on flat surfaces and just walking forward. That's not the way we move. You know, the sidewalks are angled. Uh, kids don't move marching orders forward. They go sideways. They go circular. They do everything. See, fluid soles are great. I, I don't get overwhelmed at the negative drops and the barefoot sole and all these these marketing things out there because the world's not flat. The terrain, you, you get outside, every, the terrain's variable all the time. Sidewalks are angled to move water. I mean, it's, it's really just an, a, an environment that is ever-changing. So, the uh, as long as the footwear has a removable sole and is flexible enough, rubber esque, I'm a fan. I I try to avoid excessive squishy. You know, the more cushioning and the more squishy you put in there, it feels good for your first initial steps and it sells because they you don't feel really anything. You can hide everything with a pile of marshmallows. But the fact is, if you can squish something with your hand and it's squishy to your hand. How does that support your body that needs well over four times your body weight just to move and have good mobility to walk? That's before you're really running and impacting and doing these things. So you really need to support the body and suspend the body in key vital points of mechanics in, in allowing that foot to transition. And again, everything is unnatural and we need to uh, be aware of that. And then, then also, if you really think about how the foot can move, if the foot moves well, then the leg has a much better ability to move well as well. So if the leg's moving well and getting daily stretching routines, I mean, how many runners do you see sitting there doing that, you know, leaning into a wall or on a curb and trying to stretch their calf or whatever they're doing? And I look and I just have to cringe because they're, they're, they're basically stretching out of alignment. So they're, they're essentially making themselves worse. So it's really just – how you just by daily walking it's the easiest thing you can do 
to it's like the daily maintenance of that toothbrushing again. You know, it's a very simple thing you can do to manage a healthy avenue for yourself and your kids. You know, I, I, I go to the gym. I say, and I'm, I'm working. I went to the Arnold the other week, and, and I'm working with all these weightlifters, and, and you're watching them, and they're they're incredible, incredible uh, uh, human beings, but they're they're compensating. And I, I teach them if you want to be better at the gym, walk better. You gym a little bit. You walk a lot more than you do anything. People walk two to three million steps a year. Think about it. All those little drip, 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 drip of the daily walking is your avenue to be a better athlete. You want to be the next best surfer? Walk better. You know, you're going to have more stability and mobility when you're on your surfboard for your barefoot sport. Gymnasts, weightlifters, runners is a big one. You want to run better? Walk better. Honestly. If you wear sandals all day, then go for a run. You're not going to run well. Uh, you want to golf? Let's pick on a little sport called golf. I mean, we're all over the PGA Tour right now. Why? Because we actually allow good favorable hip rotation because the foot needs to transition for hip rotation. One of the most precision sports of the world. I picked on the X Games as the most extreme. Well, golf is probably it's surgery of a sport. To be at a PGA level, uh, it, it's such an accurate sport. And then for that to occur – your feet need to transition. Walk better. Not before you, not on the course, before you get to the golf course. You really want to be better at that golf game. Manage what you walk in before you get to the golf course. That's the magic. And then when you really look at that big puzzle and a big scope of thing of moving better in that daily drip, 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 just like brushing your teeth so you can eat an apple with your teeth when you're 90. Well, what about extending your active lifeline? Think about it. Do you want to be active or do you want to be sitting on the couch with great teeth and, and not being able to move well? That is what we all want to avoid. Yeah, definitely on board with that. And that's such a great point. I'm glad that you are bringing awareness to that. This podcast is brought to you by Steady MD, the new and revolutionary way that I work with my primary care doctor. We live in a time when everything can be delivered to your door. Packages from Amazon, your groceries, heck, even massage therapists can come to your house now. So why are we still all going to the doctor and waiting hours to see a doctor when we can have our primary care doctor available via phone and video chat anytime we want? I'm not waiting anymore. See, last year I started working with SteadyMD, which is like having an old school country doctor who can visit your house, but instead they're available via text or video chat whenever needed instead. And you're working with a primary care doctor who knows you and your medical history, not some random doctor that you get assigned to through a teledoc service. I use this all the time, especially with their new pediatric add-on, because I can text a picture when one of my kids gets a cut or has a bee sting to see if it needs medical attention without having to go sit in urgent care. I can request labs whenever I want, and I feel like they're truly a partner in my health, and I can be a partner in my health, not just an onlooker. I believe that relationships like this truly are the future of health, and you can learn more or find a doc who meets your needs by going to steadymd.com forward slash WM. Again, that's S-T-E-A-D-Y-M-D.com forward slash WM. This podcast is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. If you've tried their delicious coffees and elixirs, you know just how amazing they are. And if you haven't, you are missing out. 
Four Sigmatic creates superfood mushroom drinks that are super easy to incorporate into your daily life. Their coffee packets, for instance, are easy to mix into hot or cold liquid. They taste amazing, and they have the benefit of added mushrooms like lion's mane, chaga, and cordyceps to give your brain an extra boost and also to tone down the jitters. So they have slightly less caffeine, but I find double the focus from that versus plain coffee. And just a tip, I like to mix their packets into almond milk for like a cold brew type of taste. But there's a lot of science backing up these mushrooms as well. Studies continually show the benefits of these superfood medicinal mushrooms for things like brain health, immune health, and so much more. My favorite is their coffee with lion's mane, and I drink that a lot of mornings for a smooth boost without the jitters of regular coffee. And I also love their reishi in the evening for amazing sleep. During the day, I'll often add in a cup of chaga or cordyceps for the immune and focus benefits. But you can check out all of those and all of their other products by going to foursigmatic.com forward slash wellnessmama, and you can save 15% with the code wellnessmama, all one word. So again, that's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash wellnessmama, and make sure to use the code wellnessmama. I'm curious. So you, I get the reason flip-flops are bad. Your foot's holding on to them. It's a non-natural movement. Um, are there any sandals that are good for kids or adults that are, that are more, I know that probably none are spectacular, but are there any that are better? You know, the, the, everybody asks me this one because everybody wants their junk food and they, they're going to go the, the best of the evils. I really don't like to pick on brands. Everybody tries to make a decent shoe. But the problem is everybody's feet are different and everybody's feet are asymmetrically usually very different as well. Uh, and there's a lot of sandals out there and a lot of uh, a lot of sandal companies try to attribute themselves to fitness and and health and performance and all this stuff or or you'll have a more earthy and ground connecting and and you know it, it's still junk food. There's so much you're you once that heel loses contact. Even uh, even when you can get these athletic sandals, you can hike in. They strap around the foot. There's usually so much uh, polyurethane foams or uh, EVA foams or things that are vulnerable. See, the foams, what happens is they break down. They take compression sets. And when they do, they actually hold your body off at angles. Uh, there's cork sandals where I personally prefer. Uh, but again, I'm not saying that it's a go-to. Again, this, this, this is not a license to your sandal all day, every day, because it's not a winning solution. So, yeah, keep it in that footwear diet, sedentary. If you're on your feet, you know, you can even go as far as a couple hours, but try, if you're going to go to go shopping, you know your day. You're going to go to the shop, you go shop, or you're going to go uh, run the kids somewhere to school and go chase around Tommy or Susie on the uh, playground or whatever you could do. Try not to choose a sandal for that time. If you're going to go to a beach, wear a sandal, wear it, you know, and then kick it off and hang on the beach up fun, but mix it into your footwear wardrobe, please. And it's so important to mix up your shoes because stability is sharing. Sharing is the biggest enemy to your, your knees, your hips, your everything and your longevity. And that is what we're all working hard to try to help people figure out. Agreed. And I love the advice too. If you have soft ground like grass or sand to be barefoot, especially for kids, I'm glad that you um, are on board with that as well. But I know, so I'm looking at your website right now and having met you in person as well, you have several different types of 
the insoles that go in shoes. So how does a person know what they specifically are going to need and what kind of support? How is there like a system for figuring out kind of what you might need? Yeah. So we, we were uh, definitely, uh, we're still a little company going out there doing great things and helping people figure out their footwear wardrobes. Uh, the, the product line really all shares the same functionality, meaning that you, you interface your foot, they're all going to function the same as far as the guts of the core technologies. And then the top fabrics are changed for a few features for uh, the golf one or the cycling one. Have, they have a gripping material on there. It's a little grippier for, I like to use the golf for grip. It's for your gym time or your, your a rotational sport like golf or, or anytime you're, you're really in a, you know, a lot of my sailors like to use that product. It's fantastic uh, for really holding you with your shoe in all these extreme angles. Uh, that's the green one and the blue one, same thing. Uh, on on the, the core technology, the red one, that's what's inside every product. Our, our core technology is, and our saying is what's inside counts. It really does. It's a, These are all highly engineered moving structures that don't fail over long tolerances. I've never seen an A-line uh, go through several million cycles and still not deliver favorable alignment might not be as strong, but it will never compress to a point where the old foams and, and gels and things that they just fail. Uh, so that's the red one. That's what's inside every product. So when you go to aline.com, it's the red one is what you get in everything. The green and the blue have a little grippy material. The yellow one and the black one both have a, a very thin layer of antimicrobial foam and fabric. For that person that is wearing a, a ski boot or a snowboard boot or a work boot in the winter, the black one. And the fall and the spring, the black one's fantastic. And so it's got a heat reflective liner, cozy, warm, and really breathes well and functions great year-round for those certain footwear needs. The yellow one is a uh, same my antimicrobial foam with a, a very plush fabric feels fantastic on a bare foot. Uh, I'm a huge, huge addicted fan of slippers. Love them. So when I get up in the morning, the first thing I, I drop my feet into slippers. I, I'm, I personally, uh, I, I love L.L. Bean slipper choices right now. Ugg's doing some good ones too. You put those babies in there and you'll never go back because interfacing daily routine. I know you did your, I like your cobblestone and your mat and you're mixing it up at, at home. I think that's fantastic, Katie, that you're, you're actually thinking forward and allowing your foot to actually change gears. But uh, if you just do the A-line, think of the A-line as activating even such a higher level of dimension, X game level of extreme to precision of PGA, just walking around your house. So in a slipper, they're fantastic. Really, really love that yellow one there. So, but if you're going to pick one, get the red one, wear it everywhere until you get so addicted to it. And then uh, you can mix it up with uh, your preference. Great to know. And as we're getting close to the end, I also want to make sure I ask you about plantar fasciitis, if you have any specific advice or sole and sole recommendations for that, because I have a surprising number of readers and listeners who email with that question, and I have absolutely no clue. I've never uh, dealt with it. So I'm curious if you have any advice for them. It's so funny. I, I've had running store owners come to me and say, you know what, I've had plantar fasciitis for four years, just can't get rid of it, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it, it, it's really, again, it's a three-part recipe. 
And I'll keep drilling it down. The footwear diet, okay, three-part recipe. Your alignment, the range of motion of your alignment, and your footwear is the key to favorability. If you have plantar fasciitis, you, you probably have, A, a history of pretty darn awful footwear. B, you're either that or you have an overtraining regimen. You're a triathlete and you're really training, 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 and your leg's not moving well. And if you think of the bottom of your foot, it's like all these elastic bands. We all did it as a kid. Anybody ever pull that elastic band until they see it fray and they're watching it, they're totally bored, and they're trying to stretch their elastic till just before it breaks. Well, that's basically plantar fasciitis. So you fray the bottom of your foot's uh, connective tissues. And when those fray, like that elastic band, they tend to heal at night. You get up in the morning, they refray, and that really does not feel favorable. And then you go for your walk and put on probably your sloppy sandals or whatever you're going back out in, and you re-tear it, and then it doesn't feel all that bad for a while, and then it comes back. Uh, the, that's the vicious cycle. If you have plantar fasciitis, you have great news. The great news is you're doing bigger, bigger harm up high. So if your foot's hurting you in any of the itises, uh, plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, itis, 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 anything in your feet, if your foot's not happy, you're really not doing stuff that's favorable up high. When I say up high, everybody knows somebody with knee and hip replacements or all this. I mean, we're all becoming part robots. I mean, there's, we, we have, I think it's over a million hip and knee replacements right now. It's just awful. And young people, like 40-year-olds, are getting hip replacements. It's, it's uh, look at what people are walking in in our concrete jungle. Put the footwear diet to use. The, the biggest thing is, in, you know, you can try things at home. Every usually plantar fasciitis uh, uh, awareness online, everybody talks about stretching. And calf stretching is the gastroc. G-A-S-T-R-O-C is one of the popular ones. Uh, uh, and you can do some at-home stretching. But do it with alignment alignment stretching, try to avoid your sandals like kryptonite because sandals are kryptonite to plantar fasciitis. So just get get that shearing. Shearing is really the kryptonite. So you want to eliminate the shearing, but don't brace off the, the mobility. So that's stability and mobility and timing and sequence. And that's where we really come in in a favorable manner for most people. So A-line in a footwear diet, some daily stretching. You should be out of the weeds. Most people are out of the weeds three, four, five days. Uh, they start feeling uh, enormously better. And that's awesome. If you still have problems after a simple trial like that, you want to find out what's going on. Who knows? You might have had an old football injury or that old, uh, you know, you stood too close to the taxi stand or <laughs> injury or whatever you did. Uh, you might have some scar tissue in there. And there's all these artisans out there that that do these incredible uh, things for helping range of motion uh, in their legs. And a lot of people know they're physical therapists or, you know, there's arts called active release technique. There's Graston technique. There's like all these artists out there that really help good range of motion. Because if your calf to your heel is like rope instead of bungee cord, your foot is going to get forced to shear even on A-line or any product. Uh, I could put fairy dust on an A-line and paint it gold and wish you the best luck in the world. But if your calves and your legs or range of motion is really that unfavorable, every time you walk up a flight of stairs or a hill, uh, your heel's going to lose contact with the foot suspension system and you're going to go back to shearing and shearing just opens up that can of worms. So plantar fasciitis, number one thing, 
get that alignment, reestablish the range of motion. That's usually in the leg of that alignment. And then the footwear diet, and I've had such wondrous, wondrous results with uh, uh, people raving, fans of how fast they help that out. Awesome. And again, like the link to your website will be in the show notes at wellnesswoman.fm. So anyone who wants to see the A-line and the products and read more about them, you guys have some blog posts as well that I thought were really helpful. So those will be in the show notes or they can go directly to your website. Um, and definitely like my husband has them. I'm going to be trying them also. And um, I appreciate your time and being here. A couple questions that are unrelated that I love to ask as I wrap up. Um, one is, is there a book that has had a big impact on your life that you would recommend to other people? Oh, gosh. Uh... Yes. Uh, and probably the, the, the biggest one for me, I, I love the, you know, for business, I, I would break books down to business for me. I really, really geek out on. And then for life, I love, I love stories around uh, uh, history and grit and sports around grit. Uh, and if I was just going to throw a couple of books out there that the blue ocean strategy, uh, it's uh, by Chan Kim. Fantastic. It's really about, finding new avenues in uh, uh, creating awareness in business and uh, a whole new marketplace and, and avenue of helping people. Uh, I love that book. And uh, Tony Robbins' Unshakable book, to me, was just, uh, you know, for financial freedom and understanding of how important it is to, to really have uh, just purpose in whatever you do and, and just really focusing on, your business life and and my my fa- I, I'm a Hemingway fan. I really am huge Hemingway and uh, uh, and there's one of my favorite all time books of life is a book called Come Spring. It's uh, a story of a uh, the 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 family the settlers uh, coming to the state of Maine. I'm from Maine, just a good Maine kid that that uh, grew up in, uh, in the woods myself, but. Uh, uh, wow, the struggles in the 1700s, and and uh, hopefully the families produced enough food and survival needs to to make it through that winter. And that's hope to see you come spring. That's the title of that book. So, uh, yep, that's uh, that's books are fantastic. Wow. Great recommendations. I can't wait to check those out. And last question, I have a guess of what it could be, but um, what would be, if you could get some one piece of advice out to everyone in the world, what would it be? <laughs> Gee, do you think? <laughs> Look at your feet and your legs and the way you move. You know, and motion is life. Yeah, quality motion is life. So make sure you brush your teeth, go see your dentist, take care of your kids' teeth too. But man, those feet, you walk all over them. And uh, you, you never really think about them until, uh, you know, something hurts or you're trying to find a, a performance solution. But gosh, think about your feet and your kids' feet. And uh, it's the first thing to hit the ground in the morning. You walk all over those, those little buddies and you count on them that go the distance. And, and uh, yeah, my big, big word of advice is, is uh, take good care of them because uh, I want to see you out there. I don't want to see you walking a cane. I want to see you out there walking a dog or going for a hike or I was just skiing this spring with a guy 82 years old and he was skiing double black diamonds and biggest smile on his face and and it's just it's there's no reason to not just 
get out there and and uh, just even our concrete unnatural world today. But wow, you know, there's so much we can do. And you, you know, you, you're at the paleo events and the bulletproof events and the anti-aging and everybody's trying to solve the anti this or to live longer or do all these great things. But man, I, I hope everybody realizes the first thing to hit the ground in the morning, those, those little those little buddies have over 100 moving bones and joints and, and listen to them. Take good care of them. I want to see you out there. Gordon, thanks so much. That's great advice. And thank you for your time and being here today. Super fascinating. And I really appreciate it. You too, Katie. Big fun. And uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds great. And thanks to all of you guys for listening. And I hope to see you again next time on the Wellness Mama podcast. If you're enjoying these interviews, would you please take two minutes to leave a rating or review on iTunes for me? Doing this helps more people to find the podcast, which means even more moms and families can benefit from the information. I really appreciate your time and thanks as always for listening.